Good day and welcome to Follow Spot. Every week we will speak with an alumni of the NYU Tisch Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program. I'm your host, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. Before we begin, we want to thank the show's sponsors, 35th Parallel Productions and Musical Theater Radio. Today we will be speaking with graduate of Cycle 12, Dina Gregory, and her writing partners, Rosabella Gregory and Corey Brunish. Rosie, Dina, Corey, welcome to the show. I'd love to learn a little bit about yourselves. Uh, Rosie, why don't we start with you? Hi, Jean-Paul. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having us. Um, so I'm the composer of My Marcello. I'm the twin sister of Dina, the lyricist. Um, I'm not related to Corey Brunish, as, I, as far as I know. Um, I am a singer-songwriter, composer, arranger, and I studied at the Royal Academy of Music here in the UK. Greetings from the UK, I'm sorry. I do pretty much everything there is to do in music and usually at the same time. So I perform, I compose, I've worked uh, in opera, in jazz, in theater, in film and TV. Um, I have performed uh, my own music. I've released my own albums. I've performed my music um, throughout the UK. Uh, places, lovely places like the Royal Festival Hall, the Royal Albert Hall, um, and as far afield as The Bitter End in Bleecker Street, which I absolutely love. Um, I've had my work performed, my theatre work and my uh, other work compositions performed um, in such places as uh, 59 East 59, and then over here at St James Theatre, the Arcola. There's lots of different disciplines to what I do. All of this is basically uh, telling stories with music, and that's fundamentally what I do. The best stuff I've ever done has been collaborating with my little twin, Dina. Um, we've been writing since we were kids. I'm going to let her expand on that a little bit, but we've been writing together and we won some nice competitions when we were kids and everyone was jealous at school, which was brilliant. And as we grew, we assumed we'd be massively successful. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> well, I did anyway. Um, but we've done so many different things together be it songwriting be it you know because obviously now that we're living in different places um it's a wonderful way to bridge that distance for us but there's a really lovely effortless kind of shorthand that we have when we write together anyway i'll let i'll, let, I'll pass on the baton if you like to dina but um pretty much that's what i do everything and usually at the same time and dina will let you take over from there Okay. Well, you'll notice she said my little twin, and she's not lying. I'm about a foot uh, smaller than Rosie. <laughs> and um, I am now based in the US, but um, me and Rosie grew up in Devon. And um, as you as you said in the introduction, I did go to Tish. I was in cycle 12. Um, but I started writing um, a lot before that. Um, as, as a child, probably seven or eight years old, I started writing lyrics to Rosie's music. And we started uh, getting these nice little opportunities. We, I think our mother uh, submitted us for this contest run by English National Opera, their Bayless program, which was trying to discover new writers and composers. And we, um, we had the luck of, of getting our first rock operetta. Um, I think it's called Melissa's Maelstrom. That, was, um, that won that contest, and uh, we had this, this five-day run at the Britain Theatre in London. So we got our first taste of, ooh, what's this? This is really fun. And then uh, I, I actually studied uh, neurophysiology and psychology at Oxford, so I was trying to just keep my feet on the ground and just do, do the right things, and, and so did that as my undergraduate degree. But 
kept kept writing musicals and kept writing with Rosie. And um, while I was there, we we wrote another musical um, in nominee Morris and uh, Morris that um, won this other prize, the Vivian Ellis Prize. Then after graduating, I thought, okay, what's what's the responsible thing to do? I tried to do a job in medical copywriting, and I really hated it. And all the while, I had this this thing that I loved doing, which is writing lyrics and writing stories. And I had Rosie in my ear saying, "Look, I believe in you. Why don't you? Why don't you go for it? Why don't you pursue this?" So that's what took me to NYU and to the Tisch Musical Theatre Writing Program because I thought, well, okay, if I'm going to do this, I really want to really nail down the craft of, of writing musicals. Little did we know that I would um, meet uh, my husband on the program. So my uh, my husband David Lee is also a Cycle 12 Tisch alumni, um, <laughs> and basically since Tisch School, I've been writing musicals ever since. Uh, the one that I wrote as a thesis musical at Tisch was. Um, uh, happily sort of selected for the O'Neill Musical Theatre Conference um, and so that was a great chance to workshop that piece and get me you know a little further along and then I've um, yeah just just been writing and writing I've branched into writing stories um, for Audible as well which is I, I write uh, short stories mostly um, for adults and children and it's been this great training ground so um you know, just constantly practice, practice, practice. I've got, um, I've, I've sort of, it's helped with the, the storytelling and in, in, in the theatre genre as well. So, so now I'm writing musicals, writing short stories for Audible, writing, oh, well, recently, one of the highlights <clears throat> has been, um, we, I wrote a musical, what, sorry, I wrote an adaptation of Wind in the Willows um, for Audible that got to, um, I got to bring Rosie in on and because um, it's, you know, Kenneth Graham actually had some lyrics in his text, um, so I thought, "Wow, this is perfect." Can I can I work with my sister on these songs? And the funny thing about that adaptation was that they had tasked us with doing uh, sort of an adaptation where we swap the genders. So, um, Wind in the Willows has like these lovely animal characters, and so instead of Toad, it was Lady Toad, and instead of Badger, it was Mistress Badger. And we got to write some songs for those characters and. Uh, one of the funniest things was writing uh, a song for Lady Toad um, that Jennifer Saunders sang. And, um, so it's massive over here. So Jennifer Saunders is humongous over here. So it's kind Hello. of And also the Wind in the Willows is massive over here. So it was quite, I think it's really brave. Dina absolutely smashed it because she did a gender flip. And I think a lot of people would be terrified of doing that because over here they'd be, how could you touch this sacrilege, you know? But it was amazing. Sorry, but again. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, so so that's basically right. So that yeah, and, and now I live in Lynchburg, Virginia, um, and I'm still doing it, still writing. Right, and Corey, let's learn a little bit about you. Well, first of all, thanks for having us on. Really appreciate it. Uh, my arc is uh, not dissimilar, however, it's uh, a little more direct. Uh, obviously, I did theater in school. Um, you always start as an actor and then you branch out into directing and then finally you write something and somewhere along the way you're producing something. About 10 years ago, I came to Broadway and was lucky enough to uh, win a, a three Tonys as a producer. And um, uh, I had always loved this movie uh, that we adapted into this musical. And so I, I, I wrote it. Well, that's my daughter, Olivia. She'll be, she'll be playing along today. Mm -hmm. um, she's two, so she might, you know, you never know what she's going to say. And uh, <laughs> so uh, 
And then I got involved in beautiful, the Carol King musical and uh, come from away. And so finally, uh, it's time to pay attention to my Marcello. And so that's what we did. We, we are now released, just released a, uh, a star studded A-list Broadway cast recording. And uh, we have, we have very high hopes for it. And I can't say enough about the music and the lyrics. And it's, it's, it's been a, a pleasurable journey all the way. And that's my story. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about Mar my Marcello. Uh, how about a little synopsis of the show and what made you want to write it in the first place? Well, I'd always loved the movie. Uh, it's called uh, For Rosanna. It's also known, oddly enough, as Rosanna's Grave. And very few people have heard of it, but I fell in love with it instantly. And I know my co-writers did as well uh, for their own personal reasons. But it's a very odd comedy about a man trying to keep his um, ill wife alive in a town that is so small they're running out of burial plots. And so he's taken it upon himself to keep every citizen in his town alive so that his wife can be buried next to their daughter, whom they lost early in her life. So he goes to extreme lengths to keep everybody healthy. And so it is literally a comedy about keeping people alive. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a love story beyond all love stories. And it is so heartwarming in the end that I just can't resist it. And I, I just I just love what what Dina and Rosabella have done with it. And it's it's just a journey that we we should all take. Just the the the, the extent of devotion that that is out there. So the reason that I jumped on this is um I I saw Rosa, what, as he said, what was called Rosanna's Grave when I was um, uh, maybe 20 years old. And I just loved the movie. Um, probably uh, the movie's impact was heightened by the fact that um, Rosie and I had just lost our father. So the, the themes of the movie were very resonant and poignant. Um, so I fell in love with that movie. And then, you know, my, my husband learned um, that this producer, Corey Brunish, had, had secured the rights to the movie. And I, and I was like, oh, my goodness, he knew he and he knew we just had to get an audience with this producer. And so he lobbied this friend to to get an audience with him and um, and, and we pitched songs to him. But, um, yeah, that 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 was like a dream come true to to be able to 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 write songs to a movie that I already already loved. That's how we ended up on this project. It was I didn't know Corey, but we just went for it and wrote some spec songs and luckily he liked the songs and yep the rest is history well why don't we take a listen to one of the songs from my marcello uh the song drop dead where does it fit into the show so this song comes very early on in the show um marcello is making a real nuisance of himself um unfortunately there's been a circus incident um and three three plots in this tiny cemetery have been used up by this family that fell off the the high wire and so now he's very keyed up trying trying everything you know snatching cigarettes out of people's mouths or trying to make their orders he he owns the trattoria in this little charming town of trevento and you know sometimes he'll try and send more healthy dinners out to the to the um customers and or direct traffic so he's really getting on people's nerves a little bit 
And so um, just before this song, the doctor implores him to stop trying to play God and just accept that, you know, anyone could drop dead at any moment. And um, so the people eating, dining outside at the Pretoria start chiming in with their stories of, of sudden deaths. So that's, yeah, that's basically the setup for this one. This is the song Anyone Could Drop Dead from the musical My Marcello on Follow Spot. My uncle, may God rest his soul, was only 48. When sitting on this very spot, he killed over his plate. It wasn't lemon tuna, but the tumor in his head. Let's face it, Marcello, anyone could drop dead. My grandmama lived on that hill until her old age. She'd sail through on her bicycle to make an honest wage. One day her brakes stopped working and down the slope she sped. Let's face it, Marcello, anyone could drop dead. God's will, God will have his way. Who can tell what he's thinking? It's impossible to say. If, if it's, it's God's will, will, God will make it so. What will be? It's impossible to know. My wife, my darling Nina, was often getting sick. She rarely saw the doctor, but as usually did the trick. That was until the viper that beat her in our bed. Let's face it, Marcello, anyone could drop dead. I get it. Grazie. If it's God's will, God will have his way. Who can tell what's thinking? It's impossible to say. If it's God's will, God will make it so. What will be? It's impossible to know. Know that on a Friday he'd prefer we don't eat meat. And there are one or two prayers he enjoys that we repeat them. And we know that there are urges he would like us to repress. And if we can't resist them, he would like us to confess. He doesn't like us sweating. He doesn't like us sinning. He doesn't like me winning at cards. I'm not so sure about the guy upstairs anymore. First he takes my daughter seven years after her birth Now he's threatening to take my Rosanna from this earth It could be tetanus, diphtheria, 
flesh-eating bacteria, cholera, malaria, that's hard case of progenium, measles, meningitis, complications from cystitis, could be syphilis, amelia, or chronic hemophilia, warping cough pneumonia, lethal catatonia, anemia, bulimia, leukemia, could be in the eighth environment, self-inflicted, accidental, preventable, or treatable, or medically unbeatable, sporadic epidemic, could be localized, systemic, metabolic, subcutaneous, protracted, and this is not helping. If it's God's will, God will have his way. Who can tell what it's thinking? It's impossible to say. If it's God's will. Welcome back to Follow Spot. We are speaking with Corey, Dina, and Rosie, the creators of the musical My Marcello. The show has a very interesting plot. What type of relevance do you feel the musical has in our present day? Well, I think the resonance to this moment is not lost on me. This, uh, we, we're suffering through a really challenging time with the pandemic. Um, and sadly, I think so many people have lost, lost a loved one or are fearing losing a loved one. And what I think this musical might do is, it, it's a, even though it's set in Italy, it's really about how a community rallies together and how humor and laughter can can bring you through challenging times you know even though Marcello makes a nuisance of himself people in his community understand he and his wife lost their daughter and they and they're behind them um and there's there's something I mean the, the, the theme of of what you will do for love, you know, the lengths you will go to and, and the way the community will help you. I think, especially the way Marcello deals with, with his grief, um, he's constantly, you know, making jokes. He, he makes his wife laugh all the time, despite, you know, being aware that she has this condition. And um, it's almost like a Tourettean kind of humor. And I think that that's kind of the one of the best ways that we can deal with with some of the challenges in life, you just have to laugh at it. And, um, you know, Marcello in the original movie, he's played by Jean Renault, who, who's hilarious. Um, but, you know, there's just, there's just something beautiful about, about that, watching this journey of, of Marcello and his wife in an age where so many of us are sharing the grief of losing a loved one. Um, and even though it's set in Italy, which, you know, sounds like a, a different culture there's just there's just a commonality to the way communities live together I'm here in Lynchburg and I recognize you know some of these things like and my mum my lives in Lutton in in Devon and in a little village and you know there's there's the there are all these tropes of you know there's the wealthy landowner and the working class and 
that person that everybody gossips about who's a fellow with a you know young mistress or wife and just these 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 things that you kind of recognize you know no matter where you are but but ultimately communities care about each other and I think in this moment it's really nice to think about how to care for one another and care about each other and at the heart of this musical is is this theme of love and what you'll do for love and and how love will carry, carry you through and I and I so I, I think that that's what makes it relevant to this particular moment. Well, I think this is a great place to take a listen to another song. Uh, Dina, could you tell us a little bit uh, about Rest in Peace? So, um, Rest in Peace. So, despite Marcello's efforts to keep people alive, and I mean things like going to the hospital and plugging back in a person on life support um, who's, who's re they're ready to turn off the machine and he keeps plugging it back in and there's a big comic number in the musical that um, deals with that. So anyway, he's, he's done all these kooky, outrageous things to try and keep people alive. But despite that, there's been a freak accident and the church bell, the local church, has fallen and hit the side of this fellow's head, Rossi. Um, and Rossi is an old friend of Marcello's. Um, and it's sort of karma because Rossi was not the most scrupulous of people. He, he was the accountant and used to um, uh, pilfer from his clients funds and he was not faithful with his wife and all this, you know, various things about him that mean that this might have been a, a karma moment but so it looks like he might pull through he leaves the hospital goes home he might pull through Marcello goes to visit him just to check he's, he's frantic now thinking don't die don't die but unfortunately when Marcello gets to his house he succumbs to his injury and panicking Marcello thinks on his feet and decides to hide him in the freezer so this song is about Marcello putting his old friend in the freezer. From the musical My Marcello, this is Rest in Peas on Follow Spot. Sorry, friend, to leave you here. I hope you understand. Wedging you in frozen dinners wasn't what I planned. It isn't next to Nina, and it isn't very grand. Take it up with God because his church ran out of land. Rest in You'll be missed, dear friend. Frost in peace. Please forgive if I offend. I swear it's just a temporary freeze. But for now, old friend, rest in peace.
You are listening to Follow Spot, and we are speaking with the creators of the musical My Marcello. Rosie, as the composer of the show, uh, could you give us an idea of its musical style? So I would say it, it's a funny one because very obviously I was aware of the geography. We're in a beautiful little Italian village Um Anyone who's been to Italy will know how gorgeous and sumptuous anyone who drinks Italian wine, anyone, we all have a sort of idea of Italy. Um, and I wanted to be as authentic as possible, actually. I didn't want to just sort of like give a superficial uh, idea of Italian uh, sort of connotations. So I actually was quite curious about sort of a little bit of the old research and finding out about Italian folk music and what traditional instruments I could use, but also traditional harmonies, traditional kind of um, compositional traits. But obviously, it's it's me, and it's it's going to go through the it, it, everything's going to go through me, <laughs> the filter of me. So there's going to be everything I've ever enjoyed listening to pouring out of it, um, and sort of alluding to what Dina was saying about the resonance of this show. So I think one thing that really struck me was how incredibly hopeful and feel good <laughs> it was. Actually, as a movie, if I'm honest with you, the first time I had to, Dina made me watch it approximately 8 million times. So the first, first time of that, I was like, this is really cheesy and romantic. Of course, Dina loves it. Um, but then I thought, hang on, does that say something about me that I'm not able to embrace the romance in myself? And actually, I think we're all products of where we are. I'm, I'm in England. We're like, oh, cup of tea, you know, he doesn't love you, but cup of tea. So there was a sense of, I want to, I want to connect to this in a different kind of way. And of course, uh, losing our father, well, to be honest, that connects with everything. That connects with just walking outside, you know. Um, but beauty is more beautiful. Joy is more joyful. Um, hope is more hopeful. Um, so through that vista, I was basically in love with the story. The idea that this buffoon, <laughs> this lovable plonker, Marcello, who absolutely adores his partner, will do anything for her. That's not a caricature. This is a guy who's very nuanced and very, uh, he's he's got all sorts of silly traits to him. That he, it, it, For me, it was almost like a celebration of his fallibility, of his, you know, he doesn't know how to handle this amazing woman that he might not have for much longer. And then you have Capestro. So we were talking about this wealthy landowner. So you've got your arch enemy, you know, your anti-hero. And one thing about the movie that I thought they didn't do justice to was how, how complex that character was um and i know it sounds a bit wordy but for me as a composer a lot of this is really important i needed to connect to who and what is the core of each of these characters and what is the core of the story what is it really about and it felt to me that it's about no matter you know this sounds really cheesy so forgive me anybody anybody who's like me listening going oh for god's sake but there is a sense of if you don't value and love and show your love and appreciation for the people that matter to you in this lifetime, you're being a doofus. And I think this this story is about, yes, it's scary to love that deeply. And yes, it's terrifying because you will we will ultimately lose people along the way. But what a joy if you manage to live that deeply. So what was the music? What was the music I wrote? Or what was the the genre or the styles? Anything that could tell that story, honestly, I wanted the epic, the cinematic, 
Antonio has a song where he basically, hopefully you'll get spine tingles listening to him, where he confronts his father, Capestro. His father is the baddie, but no, he's not. He's a nuanced guy who is, who's embittered by his love leaving him for, for, for Marcello. So he has his own story. And I wanted the music think, to give you that. I'm just going to chime in because I might not have done a good job explaining. Capestro is, um, he owns the land adjacent to the church. And he's refusing to sell that land to the church so that they could expand the cemetery. Um, but we find out in the musical, there are reasons why he won't sell and they have to do with him having a history with Rosanna. So that, that becomes quite an important part of the show. And so, <clears throat> so that's who Capestra is. We have a story for him. We, he's not just a bad guy. He's somebody who's hurt and he can choose. He can choose to be, he can choose to be kind. It's very easy for him to just say, you can have this land. It's so easy. And yet it's so impossible for him because he's grown to be this person who is so embittered. And so there is darkness in this score. And I also wanted, you know, I, I've worked in a lot of different genres. So there's bound to be, you know, it, I think there are influences there that I think Dina, your kids, my niece and nephew sort of love this uh, score, which is brilliant. And they've commented on the soundscape because it's, you know, it uses slightly modern sounds. As they probably think it sounds kind of like, I don't know, synthy or whatever. <laughs> but what's going on is that some of this is quite filmic. It's film score. It's folk. It's it's storytelling. And it's also quite traditional songwriting. It's classical. It's Italian aria. In places, it's percussive and aggressive. But none of those things are thought of in the moment They're, they are the product of what it is to tell that story and every instrument doing whatever it's doing is taking on a role is taking on a very specific uh character it moves a certain way it has certain phrasing it might be staccato it might be pizzicato everything is doing the job to tell the story of the characters and of course I love a good tune so you know we had to stick a few nice melodies in there as well for people to come back to because <laughs> You don't want to have some sort of atonal nonsense going on. You just released the world premiere recording of the musical. What was it like having to put this together during the pandemic? Well, that was an adventure to be sure. Um, <laughs> the uh, You realize your friends are out of work, so you give them a call and you say, hey, what you doing? Have you got a closet? And so we send them state-of-the-art recording equipment and software, and they rehearse with a musical director via Zoom. And then they lay down their tracks and Rosie had very graciously and, and tenaciously and with great effort um, had recorded the tracks for us in the UK, uh, full tracks. And so those were blended in the studio in the mixing booth with all the vocals and voila, you have an original cast recording. I think everybody did them in their pajamas. I'm just guessing. <laughs> We have no proof of that. It could be true. <laughs> Perhaps they weren't even wearing pajamas. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, let's listen to one more song from the musical, Unexpected Freedom. Um, Gina, why don't you uh, give us a little idea of uh, how that song fits in? Okay, this one's a little crazy. So that, that body that got stuck in the freezer, um, it needs to be thawed out at some point. So Marcello um, realizes he needs to get it thought out and enlists um, Rosanna's sister, um, Cecilia. Now, things are awkward between awkward between him and um, Cecilia because Rosanna 
Um, well, let's start with who Cecilia is. She's she's um, uh, sexy, uh, single in her thirties, um, but has left her life in Rome to to take care of her sister Rosanna, um, and so has been working in the trattoria trying to help them. Um, and so Rosanna's concerned that her sister's not going to get married and not going to know the joy that she has known in her marriage. So she puts this idea together with um, the fact that she's worried about her husband, Marcello. How will Marcello cope when she's gone? And somehow she puts this together in equation and decides the best uh, solution is that Marcello and Cecilia get married when she dies. Now, she kind of hints at this to, to both of them, and they are horrified by the idea, and it's made it very awkward. She even goes so far as to tell Cecilia that when Marcello's aroused, his eye twitches. So Cecilia gets paranoid every time Marcello's eye twitches around her. But anyway, so things are very awkward, and it's only when they are and you have to put them <laughs> on stage with, with um, hair dryers and, and space heaters, and they are trying to thaw out this corpse, and it's only as they're doing that that the ice between them melts. Perhaps this would be a good time to interject that the song Rest in Peas is literally referring to frozen peas. But that was our last song. Right. Now we move to this song called Unexpected Freedom. As Corey introduced, this is Unexpected Freedom from the musical My Marcello on Follow Spot. It's really hot in here. Well, at least we know the heat is only coming from the hot air that we blow. It isn't from submerged desires. Just the heat of two hair dryers. Wow, is there something wrong with my eye? No. It's perfect. I'm very glad. I'm glad it's well. It's very clear. Clear as a bell. There's nothing here between us. Not a stiff who warps. Still a little dead. It's very strange. A bit surreal. The sudden change. We both feel. Sitting close and thawing out a frozen corpse. Maybe time to turn. His toes have freezer burn. There's an unexpected freedom. A letting down of guards. Room perhaps for friendship when romance is off the cards. How is it over there? Medium rare. No, we're being civil. I think it's safe to say you're not so irritating after all. Now there's no confusion. I think that I can add your contributions haven't been that small. I'm not sure how I would have coped without your help. These last few years, but I can't be too sentimental. What if Rossi overhears? <laughs> overhears. It's nice to know you trusted me to break the law. We're family. Maybe from now on, we won't pretend to fight. Because even though we're both attractive, we don't need to be reactive. There's an unexpected freedom. Ah, life is in the air. Room for better chemistry when chemistry's not there. 
doesn't need to know her dream has fallen through. We may never marry, but her wish for us to get along, to be a team and soldier on, and still come through. How does it feel to you? Cut through. Off to bed then. Welcome back to Follow Spot. We are speaking to the creators of the musical My Marcello. Uh, where do you see the show going from here? What is next for this musical? Well, it's had a pretty traditional arch so far. Um, we have had a table read in New York, then we did a workshop on the West Coast, and then uh, things happened such as certain Broadway projects I was involved with. And all of a sudden, the pandemic. And so that's when we decided to do this uh, world premiere Broadway cast recording. And what we do now is we send it out to regional theaters, which is where many, many, many uh, Broadway shows have been born. And so once you team up with a regional theater, then you invite Broadway producers and all of a sudden they're throwing money at you like 10 or $20 million. And then you come to Broadway and you let the audience decide. And that's, it's as simple as that really. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dina, Rosie and Corey for joining us today and telling us a little bit about my Marcello. It was our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Lovely to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I'm loving Follow Spot and learning what my fellow alumni are doing. So thank you for, for supporting us. That's it for today's episode of Follow Spot. We want to thank our sponsors, Musical Theatre Radio and 35th Parallel Productions. And of course, NYU's Tisch Graduate Musical Theatre Writing Program. I'm Jean-Paul Yovanoff, and please continue to support new creators and their works. Because today's new musical might just be tomorrow's Broadway hit.